2: Numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSAN. one of those idiots who believe in analytics?
3: Good Tuesday morning to you. There's a numbers game at VSAN, the Sports Betting Network, VSAN.com, the VSAN app, Fubo Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in this morning. We will talk college football, five college football games later today. Pete Futak will join us. Pete's been a little bit on fire. Uh, early here in the bowl season. Dan Bespris to talk NBA with us. And momentarily, uh, we will be joined by Drew Dinsick to talk uh, all things NFL, maybe see if he has some uh, basketball picks as well. As we look back at week 16, look forward to week 17, get his week 17 picks in the account. Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight. Uh, The Grover Cleveland of producers is here as well. Uh, Jeff, thank you for filling in on guessing lines yesterday. I trust that that went splendidly. Yes. No no one complained. No one. Well, good. (laughs) That's a start. Um, Well, no, I appreciate it very much. Um, I should probably explain my absence uh, yesterday because I've never missed the guessing lines in in a decade. Uh, And that is because my father passed away uh, this weekend. He passed away on Sunday. So at the end of the show, if you'll allow me a few minutes to pay tribute to my father, I would appreciate that. Uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to get through this show today, but we're just going to take it a segment at a time. Um, the last couple days have been nothing but sort of bouts of uncontrollable sobbing within your brain sort of shifting into this uh, logistical mode of when you can have a service and writing a eulogy. I am, that has fallen upon me to do so, not fallen upon me. I want to do it. Um, so that's been obviously, uh, well... We'll talk about it at the end of the show. But essentially, I could use the distraction to talk some sports today. And because of COVID, we can't do the service till next week. So I'll be here through Monday, and then Jeff will uh, kindly do the show uh, the rest of next week. So we'll do that later in the show. Let's talk some football. Let's bring in Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports, Bet the Edge, and Deep Dive Podcast. Of course, there's the new one, the aforementioned, the former with Sarah Perlman, the latter with his buddy Andy Molitor. How you doing, Drew?
4: I'm well and uh, sincere condolences Gil it's uh, really sad to hear that and I got to spend the Christmas with my mom and and uh, and pop first time got to see them and since the pandemic so it had been two years since we had been used to see them wow uh, I know how tough uh, things can be this time of year in terms of uh, you know, just, uh, getting to see family and spend time together and how valuable all that is. And, uh, you know, it really is a uh, sad to hear that, uh, you're experiencing this, but I'm sure that there are many great memories you'll be able to reflect on in the coming days. Oh, uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, and in general, uh, this is last time we get to do this this year. Uh, it's been a great 2021 in general. I appreciate you having me on every week. These have been really fun spots and, uh, oh, my you man. know, really it's really reflecting on the year has been it's been, uh, it's, been a, it's overall it's been a really uh, I think from a sports betting standpoint, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad that uh, the tennis season really kind of went off without a hitch, especially uh, it was great talking tennis with you all summer long. So uh, it's been a, it's been a challenging NFL season, but I feel like we got on the right track to a degree in week 16, uh, got some true results there. Uh, and uh, NBA has just been an absolute joy so far from a betting standpoint. So uh, heading, you know, wrapping up the year in a positive awesome. note here. Yeah. Yeah. All
3: right. Well, you sound like you're going away. I hope you're not going away. I hope you can still talk no. tennis and football in the new year. All right. No, no, like, no,
4: no. That was Drew was bidding farewell there for saying. Um, <laughs> no, just so, reflecting on what it is. No, I appreciate I think, it. We, I think we've done these segments pretty much every week. Did we miss every one? Every
3: week. We might have missed one. You might have had a thing, you know, or something Maybe. like that. Um, But no, we appreciate it, man. It's such a great way to start Tuesday mornings with you. And usually during football season, when we start our segments Tuesday morning, um, we talk about the Monday night game the night before. I'm not really sure there's much to say about that game. The Dolphins sort of getting that pick six early, sacking Ian Book eight times. They kind of just coasted off that pick six. The rest of the game really didn't need to do much else on offense. I guess what I really want to ask you is probably same, some of the same questions I'll ask of Michael Lombardi tomorrow if he's able to come on the show, which is, you know, one, let's just project two weeks forward. Obviously, there's huge playoff implications with games this week and next week, this week especially, though, and we'll figure out the juxtaposition of all the teams and who's playing who, who's getting number one seeds, and so on. But let's just ask broad questions. One, who's the team if we project forward into the wild card round? Who are the team or teams that right now you're licking your chops uh, about like, oh, I can't wait for this team to make the postseason and then just fade the crap out of them?
4: Well, I mean, it, this goes without saying, but you know, the, I, I still fully believe that you're going to see a lot of nerves with these young quarterbacks uh, who are kind of making their first foray into playoff football. And unfortunately, we're probably not going to get a great price to fade the Cardinals at this point. Cardinals have secured their spot in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not even really sure, though, that they win a game between now and the uh, uh, end of the season. However, if I was the Cardinals, uh, I'm kind of concerned about my week coming up against the Cowboys. We probably lose this game. And then at that point, uh, if the Rams take care of business, beat the Ravens, then you're talking about uh, kind of having secured a wild card berth. And you probably sit Kyler Murray uh, the final week of the season, uh, try to get him an extra week of rest. Uh, so that he brings his best in a uh, card round. But um, that four or five matchup, you're probably looking at uh, a head to head with the likes of the Rams again, or uh, potentially the, uh, the Buccaneers there, I suppose. Uh, and at that point uh, you're a seven point ish dog on the road. So it's not going to be a great pi- price to fade the uh, Cardinals, um, but my, how, how their fortunes have swung uh, in this last home stretch here of the season uh, on the AFC side, uh, you're, you yeah, know, I mean, you're going to have a lot of new blood here among quarterbacks. Uh, you're potentially going to have Mac Jones in the playoffs, maybe Tua, uh, maybe Justin Herbert uh, and Joe Burrow. Uh, and, and uh, you know, for that matter, I think Carson Wentz has made a playoff start, but he only had the uh, a handful of quarters before he got injured uh, against the Seahawks, if I remember correctly. So he's relatively untested as well. Uh, which really opens up the door wide open for uh, Josh Allen and uh, Pat Mahomes to kind of march their way to a uh, a rematch in the AFC title game, in my opinion. So I think a lot of those new quarterbacks are going to struggle. Of those, Joe Burrow is probably the only one that I really have confidence bet- betting on uh, in the playoffs because he has seemed to succeed in spite of his coaching uh, this year. And to a degree, uh, a lot of people are kind of looking at his raw statistics and not really considering some of the luck factor that kind of goes you know, it goes beyond the, uh, you know, the, the top line uh, statistical performance he's put together and realized that like it, what he's actually done could be even better uh, if the ball had bounced his way on some interceptions and uh, some fumbles. So uh, Burrow is probably the one guy among the quarterbacks who are going to make this playoff round uh, who uh, I would mi- not mind getting behind.
3: Uh, it's interesting when you said the part about the Cardinals, too, and you are talking about maybe Kyler Murray gets the extra rest before the postseason. I thought to myself, I'm like, didn't they already do that at some point this year where like they were sitting him additionally, Colt McCoy played, and that didn't really seem to work out when he came back. So, yeah, I mean, you might be right, but I, I don't know that we have evidence to support that's going to, uh, to matter on that. Let me ask you this a different way. Who's the team, and there's two more questions here, but who's the team that you can see the most volatile results with. In other words, I'll I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a suggestion and then maybe that will sort of spark it. The Chargers, right? They were awful last week. Just laid an egg. I know they didn't have Austin Eckler, but just laid an egg against the Houston Texans. Unforgivable. And people want to crush them. And yet, yet, the reason that people think highly of the Chargers is that on any given Sunday, they're a team that could also put together this, you know, a monstrous effort also. Are they the team... Where you just have the widest span of results with
4: potential yeah, players. I mean, yeah. I would agree hundred percent. They're a matchup advantage for sure. Uh and they have a you know, they have some coaching nuance that makes, you know, as you yeah, as you point out correctly, uh the fact that they're so willing to go for it on fourth down and be aggressive, uh, makes their in single game outcomes that much uh more difficult to really pinpoint. Um, last week, I think you saw some pretty clear evidence that they have not fixed their run fit problem, which has sort of been haunting them this entire season. Uh, and a lot of people will probably write the chargers off entirely on that basis, because once you kind of face a, an opponent that's well coached, that's kind of well prepared, uh, they're going to pick on your weaknesses, pick on your disadvantages in the playoffs. And, uh, to the degree that you can be picked on in the run game, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> obviously you don't want to be picked on in any facet of your, uh, of your game. But, uh, if a team can get it done with the run and not even have to rely on the pass, that's usually, uh, especially troublesome. Uh, and that's really a lot of what the chargers have been dealing with this season in some of their letdown games here. Um, they will be healthier obviously than, uh, they were in this game against the Texans if they can make the playoff field. Um, but they're actually one of the few teams that really doesn't even control their own destiny. They're going to need some, somebody to slip up here. Uh, somebody to take a loss, presumably uh, if the Dolphins lose to the Titans, that would be their angle in. Um, But realistically, it's, uh, it's crazy how their fortune has swung uh, in the, in the fact that they are uh, on the outside looking in right now. And even two wins don't guarantee them a spot at the table.
3: And here's the final question, Drew, before we get to your uh, football picks of week 17 and perhaps some basketball picks as well, which is obviously home field, we have been led to believe our entire lives. Obviously, people are diminishing the the value. Not people are, but home field has been shown to uh, have diminished value uh, here in recent times. But for the postseason, I think we all sort of have that motor memory of home field mattering. Who are the team or teams, AFC or NFC, that it means the absolute most to? Whether it's a number one seed, that's a one story. But I'm just talking about hosting a wild card, hosting a divisional round game. The difference between them at home and road might be the most stark, in your opinion.
4: I think the answer is pretty clearly the Packers, uh, getting the one seed and having all of those NFC teams have to come through Lambeau would be huge for them because basically if you look across the contenders in the NFC, it's all warm weather teams, it's all dome teams. Uh, and if you can basically, you know, think about your matchup against the, uh, um, the Cowboys, for instance, Cowboys, uh, Cowboys, Uh, Packers in Dallas is probably Cowboys maybe by two and a half maybe three Uh, Cowboys Packers in in Lambeau is Packers by three pretty comfortably Uh, and so a six point swing there is pretty wild in terms of considering today's day and age where we have not a lot of home field advantage really across the NFL. Um, and, uh, yeah, Cowboys, Rams, Buccaneers, Cardinals, even the, uh, other than, uh, the Eagles and the Niners who are kind of set up to go play in cold weather. Uh, I don't think any of those contenders among the, uh, divisional winners are going to fare well in Lambeau in the cold. Should be
3: fascinating. Obviously two weeks of football to sort out, including this week with tons of playoff implications. We'll get to all those later on the show. We'll look at survivor five left in circus survivor. Unbelievable. Uh, Drew's Week 17 NFL picks, what he already has in pocket, what he already has in the account, and some NBA uh, picks. Let's see if he has any tonight. NBA
5: still going. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin, from the Fade This podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds,
0: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: From football playoffs to basketball madness,
4: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
3: Football season is here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM, with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. That's an MGM casino. With your state-issued ID to open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Drew Dinsick, kind enough to uh, continue with us this morning at whale underscore capper. Again, the podcasts, Bet the Edge from NBC Sports, and of course, The Deep Dive, which he does with Andy Molitor, wherever podcasts are available. Uh, Drew, uh, we have a healthy NBA schedule tonight. You have any plays?
4: Yeah, I put one in the account so far. And obviously, if you aren't uh, following the uh, news cycle here, the NBA is dealing with COVID as much, if not more seriously, than the NFL is right now in terms of player availability. Uh, They're still working out sort of the rules as they go forward in terms of how they're going to allow players to come back off of the list who are... Um, you know who are uh, t- you know, non-symptomatic or have kind of basically cleared their COVID uh, symptoms. Um, but uh, the two that really stand out to me, the uh, the Denver Nuggets getting seven points against the Warriors, I think is a pretty uh, tough ask there. I make that game five. Uh, I took so I took the Nuggets plus the seven. Uh, and then the total in this uh, Cleveland Cavaliers Pelicans game is about five points too low by my numbers. This one's still sitting at about 214, 214 and a half depending on where your book. Is located and uh, that one I would make closer to 220. Cavaliers are going to be without Jared Allen, without Evan Mobley. That is sort of the key to their defensive side of the ball. Uh, both of those players wildly plus defensive uh, performances so far this season. And really, uh, the rest of the Cavs are very solid offensively. You're getting really good offensive contributions out of uh, Kevin Love so far this year, uh, out of Ricky Rubio, and then uh, of course Darius Garland is sort of the straw that stirs the drink for them offensively. So the Cavaliers should put up. Uh, Close to uh, 115 in this one. And I think the Pelicans can get to about uh, 105, 108 in that ballpark. And so this is a good opportunity to play the over between the Cavs and the Pels.
3: A strong over from Drew on the Cavs and the Pels. And uh, Denver plus the points. Okay. Uh, Week 17, National Football League. All kinds of implications. uh, Especially in the, well, I shouldn't say especially, but for division titles anyway in the AFC. Obviously, the five teams that have clinched playoff berths in the NFC. We've kind of earmarked them for playoff berths for two and a half months. It's a scrum for the other two. Where have you ended up thus far?
4: Yeah, this is a tough one as well. And I had eyes for Cincinnati Bengals, but now kind of dealing, you know, looking at who they have available has taken me off of that game. I had eyes for the Miami dolphins, uh, but not going to get the three and a half, unfortunately, because they went in last night and they look pretty good in doing so uh, particularly defensively. Uh, so I haven't played any sides yet, but there are two totals that I think are worth locking in. Neither one going to be influenced much by the weather because they're both being played indoors. And the first is the Vegas Indianapolis total. This one's sitting at 45 is a huge head scratcher to me. Uh, I can't imagine in any way, shape or form how the uh, Las Vegas Raiders are going to be able to defend the Colts here. The Colts are really going to be able to flex offensively. They control their own destiny at this point in terms of punching their playoff ticket. Uh, And I don't think they take their foot off the gas whatsoever offensively in this contest. So uh, I would have expected this one to be on the north side of 47. And the fact that it's 45 right now has uh, uh, really cheered me up as we head into this week's 17 card. Uh, The other over that really stands out to me that's being played indoors is Denver versus the chargers. Again, chargers defense has some huge question marks in terms of their run stop. We know this, uh, not like, not looking likely that Derwin James is going to be back either. Um, and, uh, in general, Denver, I think can do well to go score for score here with the chargers, Denver's offense led by drew lock. I'm expecting, um, I think will look a lot better than they did last week. Uh, and it just in, in terms of scheme, in terms of concepts, I would expect you're going to get a better performance from Denver here against the chargers team that they match match up well against. And then on the flip side, the chargers really can't afford uh, to you know, let this game get away. I think they're going to be aggressive. I think you'll see some wrinkles in their playbook we haven't seen for a couple weeks now. Uh, and uh, just basically a lot of passing in this contest. And so the Chargers, Denver, total also sitting at 45. I would have expected that one to be 47 as well. So um, those are the two that uh, stand out to me right now in the NFL. Both overs, both indoors. All right.
3: Uh, Vegas, Indianapolis, Denver, and the Chargers, two overs from Drew. So let's go back to what you said before. You haven't put any, you haven't played any sides, but the ones you were looking at were Miami. And what was the- other one
4: miami and kansas city both dogs that i think uh you know they're both playing as about as well as you possibly could hope right now kansas city obviously the better team i don't deny them that but uh realistically i think kansas city matched up well against Pittsburgh, uh, and people are getting a little ahead of themselves, sort of crowning them uh, as back, uh, when in reality, there are still some ways that you can defend this team. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're seeing this total tick up to 49, 49 and a half 50, almost in some spots. Uh, and that makes sense to me. I mean, I think this is going to be an offensive contest. If Cincinnati can get their players on the field, uh, and Cincinnati matches up well against the Kansas city defense, Kansas city's defense, uh, only really has one difference maker in this matchup. And that's Chris Jones on the D line. And he can get interior pressure on Joe Burrow, but Burrow when he's been under pressure this season has been masterful uh, at getting his, uh, you know, getting the ball out of his hand quickly, uh, you know, acting on his uh, check downs, acting on his uh, kind of safety release valves. Uh, and he's got enough wide receivers. If uh, you know, those guys, if everybody is on the field for the Kansas city offense, then I can see Kansas city going score for score. I can, excuse me. If everyone is on the field for the Cincinnati offense, I can see them going score for score with Kansas city. So I would like them as a dog in that spot. Um, however, it's, uh, kind of totally up in the air at this moment. Um, and yeah, Miami's defense is, uh, is something that I think is worth talking a little bit about here and maybe just Miami more broadly. Cause we were both Brian Flores guys,
3: yeah, <laughs> we, were, we, were. we
4: were early, we were Flores before Flores here.
3: was cool. Yes.
4: Earlier to the party here on Flores and, uh, what a job he's done this season. What an amazing turnaround for this team that was one and seven at one point and could have completely lost this locker room. Uh, Basically, you know, the, the, grind of the early part of their schedule in terms of difficult situational spots and travel uh, and getting through all that and turning this team around, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, what they're getting out of, uh, you know, some of their rookies is really what I think is worth uh, paying attention to with Miami, Um, Miami's young players, the guys that they've drafted in the last two years, uh, they didn't all stand out from a talent standpoint right away, but they have this coaching staff has really coached these guys up to where they are all huge contributing pieces. now. The pass rush looks unbelievably good uh, for the Miami Dolphins and uh, that's going to be a problem because Tannehill has not necessarily dealt with the pass rush effectively well this season. Tennessee obviously has uh, potentially with A.J. Brown back, that offense is a very different animal Mm -hmm. than what we've seen the last handful of weeks and uh, he's sort of the key to that entire unit. Um, But uh, Miami has personnel that they can take A.J. Brown out of this game. They have some nice matchups against him in the pass defense Uh, and I think if um, if, if Tannehill then has to go to option two option three, which really don't exist on this team, uh, then that's trouble for Tennessee. I can see Miami holding this team under 20, uh, at which point they're allowed to get the upset.
3: Uh, let me ask a couple of questions. One, Flores, if the Dolphins, and it's a big if, because these are two really tough games, right, at the Titans, and then they got New England. Yeah. If, if they were to win both of these last games, just playing along here, and that would mean, first of all, they're the first team to ever have uh, two seven-game streaks, losing and winning in the same season from 1 and 7 to 8 and 7 here on the uh, on the flip side getting them into the 7th position right now as we stand but if they win the last two games huge ifs he's he's the coach of the year isn't he <sighs>
4: It's tough to say. This coach of the year question is really, really difficult right now. And I, for me personally, yes, I would say he is the he has done the most impressive job this season. If he gets this team into the playoffs after starting one and seven, uh, that is truly an un, it would be an uh, an amazing accomplishment. Um, I know your guy uh, Spreadpedia. I think he has Flores at like fifty or a hundred to one. Too. He got he's got, got a, a bunch. Really yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, but the uh, uh, the current, your current market leader is, uh, is Matt LaFleur. And the case for Matt LaFleur is a lot simpler than the case for Flores for a lot of the voters, because, you know, he's now potentially going back to back one seeds in the NFC, which is very challenging this year. He was not expected to do that, which I think is an important element. Uh, and this year he's, you know, kind of coached around the distraction that was, um, Aaron Rodgers in the early part of the season and Aaron Rodgers' injury in the middle, you know, COVID absence and injury in the middle part of the season. Uh, and if he gets, you know, if, it, last two years, he got 13 wins. 13 wins. Both of them were very easy schedules, uh, and this year his schedule was much more challenging. And he's dealt with a lot more adversity in terms of injuries. Uh, and if he secures the one seed, if he's the only guy out there with a 14-win team, uh, I think the voters are gonna are gonna tack toward uh, Lafleur, uh, warranted or not. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a up for debate. Uh, as as we just. Talked about the, I think the the job that Flores would have done getting this, you know, going, you know, reeling off uh, nine straight wins on the way to ten and seven um, would be truly the more impressive feat, uh, considering where this team was. But uh, a Green Bay at the one seed probably gets a lot of the award consideration just based on the basis of team wins.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's so undecided because I think if the t- Dolphins play the Titans this week at Tennessee, I think if if the Titans win out, which is not a as big an if, right, as the Dolphin scenario, and if Kansas City were to lose to, say, Cincinnati this week and the Titans were to end up with the number one seed, I think Mike Vrabel would hands down be the coach of the year because they went yeah. like, four to six weeks not having anybody. You know, they're, they're I mean, longer with their number one player, Derrick Henry, but a four to six week period without him and A.J. Brown. Forget Julio yeah. Jones, that's a whole other matter. So, I mean, still, that that market's so up in the air the last couple of weeks. You
4: can't look past Frank Reich either. His job this year. I think that of all the votes, that's going to be the most split, which probably means there's value in the betting market.
3: Probably so. Drew, appreciate it. Thanks, man. I thank you very much. Best of luck, guys. Drew Densick at whale underscore capper. We'll come back. Jeff and I will uh, pick up the NFL conversation there.
4: A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Save 50% off a VCN all access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money's going on every game. Sign up today and you'll also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new College Bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at VCN.com slash subscribe. We'll talk to Pete Futak later about five college football bowl games today. You like any games today, Jeff? College?
2: Yeah, I actually do.
3: Which, yeah, I kind of do too. What do you
2: like? I like, the, I like the over in the Holiday Bowl, so UCLA, NC State, like that oh, over 60. Okay. And I like Houston in this early game because of all the opt-outs by Auburn. I think I like Boy, I,
3: I, I hate to say an under in a college football bowl game, but that first game, man, those two teams are all defense and no offense. Um, and I could see Mike Leach and Mississippi State crushing in that game, but I don't know. I'm pull the trigger yet on any of these bets. We'll talk to few tech later. Maybe NC State, maybe Minnesota. Good day of college football again. A college football bowl season. That in case you missed it, we've had four cancellations. The Hawaii Bowl on New Year, excuse me, on Christmas Eve between Hawaii and Memphis. The Military Bowl, which was set to go yesterday between B.C. and East Carolina. The Fenway Bowl, which was supposed to go tomorrow between uh, Virginia and SMU. And then the Arizona Bowl, which is supposed to go Friday between Boise State and Central Michigan. Those were all canceled. And then Central Michigan replaced Miami in the Sun Bowl against Wazoo. And Rutgers in for Texas A&M versus Wake Forest at the Gator Bowl. Those are all on New Year's Eve as well. So four cancellations and two substitutions thus far in bowl season. Again, few tech on a little later on. Uh let's pick up where we where we uh ended with Drew though here, Jeff, which is you got to do guessing lines with Chrissy yesterday. And again, thank you for doing that. And and inevitably at the end of the show, you come up with the games you like. Well let me just start with I didn't obviously see any of the openers. I was in no state of mind to do that, but when I looked at them for the first time yesterday during the football game between the Dolphins and the Saints, the three that stood out to me, and I was, that's why I was so curious that Drew brought up the Dolphins-Titans and the, uh, and the Bengals-Chiefs games, for me, the Titans line was too short. No one will be surprised by that, um, knowing where I stand on the Titans. But now we're seeing a three because the Titans do have COVID issues, right? They have COVID issues. Julio Jones, eh, I don't know if I'm really that, you know, moved by that. He hasn't really been a key contributor. But where, you know, where this stuff happens, you always worry about other players coming down the pipeline. So it's a, if, if I know that A.J. Brown is going, Titans minus three all day. And the Dolphins, here's the thing, man. The Dolphins, seven-game winning streak, I, I don't want to put, I don't want to, like, throw... Water on a fire here. Is that the expression? Water on fire. Yeah. Um, but man, you look at the the quarterbacks faced, and so here is your here is your list of quarterbacks faced by the Miami Dolphins over the course of their seven game win streak, and they flashed this up during the game yesterday, and I immediately was like, let me let me screenshot that real quick. Tarod Taylor versus the Texans, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, Zach Wilson, Ian Book. Not exactly. Murderer's row, right there. Yeah, not exactly. So the Titans, for me, feels low. Again, caveat of COVID could change that. And the Bengals, when I thought it was five and a half, now it's four and a half. I again, the Bengals have COVID issues, right? So you just worry that Brandon Allen's COVID, you know, addition to the COVID list is not going to mean anything else. I don't want to voice it out loud. So I like I like the Bengals catching the points in this game. I still like it at four and a half. I agree with Drew's statement. I think they can go toe-to-toe. I think they can match them touchdown for touchdown. So give me the Bengals. They're in a game with huge consequences. The AFC North Crown on the Bengals racket with that game. And obviously the Chiefs still trying to get a number one seed. Titans breathing down their necks on that. The so those two for me for sure. And then the then the third one. And listen, I know, uh, I know it was absolutely horrific performance on Sunday night by the Washington football team. But if you, if you purge that game from your mind, and I know it's difficult to do so, but getting the points against the Eagles more than a field goal against the Eagles, I actually really like that too. Those are the three, to me... That stood out when I first looked at these yesterday. What did you end up with on Guessing Lines?
2: So that market on the Eagles game has moved with your position there because that was five, now it's four. Okay. Um, The two that I liked, and they both have moved in the direction that I like, I like the Lions against Seattle. (laughs) By the way, I cannot wait to talk about Survivor.
3: Because it's just, um, all right, so you like the Lions. I like
2: the Lions because I just think Seattle is dead now that they're eliminated from postseason contention, I think they're just going to pack it up for the season. We know the Lions uh, play hard. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. And then even though I guessed this number properly, I thought Minnesota getting a whole touchdown at Green Bay on Sunday night was too much. This has now moved to six and a half on on that one between Green Bay and Minnesota. So those are the two that I like the most. Um, I will say I did bet Houston yesterday at 15 when we saw that there could be something going on with Garoppolo and Garoppolo has that UCL injury and that chip thumb. Where I had thirteen even on Houston coming off back-to-back wins. It could be Trey Lance. You're going to give me thirteen with an NFL team against a Trey Lance quarterback team. That's still probably pretty good at thirteen, but it is the Texans. So
3: my uh, my partner on Primetime Action, Matt Brown. He he was saying, and he said it multiple times, he said it when he made the bets, he said it multiple times during the season, that his favorite bet, not just of this football season, not just of this calendar year, but of his entire life, were his Texans season win total unders that he made pre-flop before the season started. He got it at five and a half. He got it at five. He got it at four. The Texans sitting on four wins and this not being graded yet, or at least eligible to be graded, is one of the more unbelievable things that have developed here with the Texans just beating teams that you would think they had no business beating. I'm looking at you, Titans. I'm looking at you, Chargers. But now, you know, now with Garoppolo, will we get the Trey Lance experience? Kyle Shanahan said, uh, this has been his finest month of practice, Trey Lance. I don't know what that's, I don't know what that's comparison to, but take it for what it's worth. So I asked, I asked Drew three questions. I want to ask you a fourth, Jeff. The questions I asked him were, You know, which team benefits the most from home field as opposed to being on the road in the postseason? Which is the team that you can't wait to fade during the postseason? Which is the team that has, in your opinion, the potential for the most volatile results in a postseason, either to, you know, way to the good in one performance, but you can also see them getting crushed? My fourth would be for you, which is, which is the team currently on the outside of the playoff picture, both AFC and NFC, that if you gave truth serum to the teams that are in, and sort of in home field position now, if you will, for wild card weekend. Who's the one team that no one wants to face? Who's the one team that, that the teams, if you gave them true truth serum, will want to keep out of the postseason picture?
2: The AFC side, I think this is going to catch you completely off guard. Don't say it. Cleveland. Oh, no, I think that was, that's probably the right answer. Yeah, I, I think it's Cleveland. Even with Mayfield, look, Mayfield was – the biggest – was it most fought for that loss on Christmas. They should have won that game. But the way they play with a great run game, a defense that has played pretty well for the most part this year, that's a team I don't think you want to see on the uh, on the AFC side. I don't think they can get there. But I think that's the one. The NFC side on the outside, man, all the teams on the outside, really everyone seven down just is I thought not you, any I good. thought you would go Vikings quickly on that one. No, I because – you can beat Minnesota. I would argue just take the team with the best defense of that collection, and that's New Orleans. But I don't think anyone on the outside scares you if you're a playoff team.
3: <laughs> that's probably true. I don't know. Maybe I would put the Vikings above the rest of that fray at this point. But I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting question. You know, back to that Cleveland thing, because I think you're right. Cleveland's probably the team in the AFC. Cleveland can still win that division, by the way. You mm-hmm. can still win that division. I was, you were kind enough to have me on the uh, Christmas Day Bet Center, and we talked about this game. One of the things we didn't bring up is Green Bay. Green Bay barely gets by a Cleveland team where you just said it, Baker Mayfield threw four picks, and even if you said the last one was a holding, uh, that they got away with the hold, Baker Mayfield still would have thrown another fourth pick on another occasion that should have been a pick. The fact that Green Bay had to sweat a final Cleveland drive and needed that second Rasul Douglas pick to, to clinch that game... Does that say anything to you about the Green Bay Packers? That's that was the biggest takeaway for me from that
2: game. I think the Packers are pretty much what I've thought they are the whole year. They're really they're they're very good because Aaron Rodgers is still the best quarterback in the league. But that team is very similar to what it was last year, where they got the one seed, and you look up and it's like, really, this is the team that got the one seed? So even a yeah. look, Gil, I I have Aaron Rodgers is going to retire tickets on Green Bay that are way bloated numbers, I don't feel confident that they're going to get home even though they're going to get the one seed.
3: I mean, I just when you're watching that game, you're like, wow, a team that can just possess the football and run like a Cleveland, like a Tennessee, might be able to come in and crush this team. Thankfully for Green Bay, those teams are in the AFC. But it uh, sure looked vulnerable to me, I guess is what I'm saying. A shaky number one seed. We'll come back. We'll talk NBA with Dan Bespris, see if he has any plays tonight. I'll ask him uh, also, what's the best replacement team? Or replacement players or worst that he's seen so far. And Jeff and I will look at Survivor. Coming up, college football as well, to Numbers Game at
1: Visa, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall.
5: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari.
1: We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out
3: Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get
1: your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to That's be my That's my game! Goodness, bro. Bro. <laughs> hey, Sarah. I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
4: numbers game. Gil Alexander on Vsin the sports betting network.
3: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code vsin 200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy NBA action like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code vsin 200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer's Made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Twenty-one years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Producer number five and eight. Uh, also the host of Bet Center on the weekend, which he does by the name of uh, Jeff Parles. Again, very odd. Uh, Usually, Jeff, at this point in the show, I will have uh, read some tweets by now. Um, I could do that now, but I have to say I can't read any of them because they are so, so sweet and so nice uh, and so heartfelt, and I appreciate every single one of them, and I will try to respond to each and one of them. But if I started reading them now, I would lose it. So we're not going to read tweets now. I hope you understand. We will, however, talk to Dan Bespris from the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, hoop-ball.com, talk a little NBA. Dano, how you doing, man?
6: Good morning, Gil. Uh, hanging in there. I, uh, I I I just learned the news. I know I, you probably don't want to turn it in that direction again, but um, my condolences. Thank you, brother.
3: I appreciate it. By the way, uh, you went best audio in the biz again on us today? No no video for you?
6: Yeah, uh, bandwidth issues. In addition to my child tr- streaming cartoons in the, in the next room, I, I think <laughs> some of the hardware in my computer is is clunking out today. So we got just enough internet. To get audio through but but luckily it should be pretty clear
3: so your child I don't want to go uh, yeah don't say that way. your child doing cartoons is what's pre- I, I understand this you still have the best audio of the biz we appreciate it, and thank you for your kind words by the way um I will talk about my uh, father at the end of the show here um so NBA replacement player so hockey stoppage then like a little bit more of a stoppage and it's they've gone that route they have the olympic period what would have been the olympic period to sort of make up games not sure that strategy is working out uh no one can really anticipate what's going on with omicron the nba has decided well we're going to power through and we're going to relax the rules on who you can call up who you can sign and so we have replacement players for lack of a better term. And so I guess the first question before we get to any of your thoughts on tonight's slate of games is in this short period of time, can you make any definitive statements on, and this is from a handicapping standpoint of, all right, this team has replacement players, but they're not all that bad versus this team has replacement players and they are the worst hot garbage I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Do we, do we have any, anything
6: on either end? Well um without i i guess referring <laughs> to all of them as, as total garbage uh yes I, I mean it's it's such a fine line to walk and i i want to like put my foot down and plant my flag in in some sort of answer here but I, I think the answer that i've come up with after watching all of these games is sorta which i think probably steers back into something you've been saying for a long time which is you can probably handle a lot of this stuff a little bit better in game than before the ball game starts. And I think right now, too, there's a lot to be said for watching what some of these guys look like, because some of them we've never seen before, many of them, and a a good handful of them we've seen, but not for like two years or some some weird stretch. So who is this player now, as opposed to what they were, you know, 15, 18, 35 months ago? This is a lot of hand-waving, a lot of sort of circling the wagon on an answer to say, sort of, <laughs> but I, I've, I've sort of steered back into uh, betting in-game and kind of focusing on a few key teams as opposed to trying to figure out who these 150 extra players are in the NBA right now on every individual team. It's just the ROI on that much work is probably not high enough.
3: All right, I'm gonna keep pounding this question uh, with you until I get the answer I want, damn it. Which is um, the Lakers? Really, do you still feel that they're going to get it together? You're still there.
6: Well, I was before Anthony Davis got hurt. I I don't know what the exact return date. I know they said evaluate in four weeks, and you could see the the whole defense completely came apart as soon as he went down. And and this was something that actually was kind of the case. Yes, last year, excuse me, where everybody was talking about what the team was or wasn't with LeBron on the floor but it does kind of hinge on AD, especially now. At least last year, they had a few guys that could play some defense. This year, they brought in mostly other guys that can't play defense. The hope was that someone like a Wade Ellington or a Malik Monk, or if Kendrick Nunn ever plays a game this year, these are guys that could stand out towards the perimeter. They could score a little bit, but they weren't going to stop anybody. So with AD out, I've seen some of the worst defense I've ever seen in my life, played by the Lakers the last two games in particular, Guys just missing assignments, two players on the same one guy on defense and one dude on the opposite side of the floor, completely unguarded. And again, I'm circling back to if I could just see this team have 50, 20 consecutive games with the guys they're supposed to have on the floor, I think I could probably make a better assessment. Preseason, I thought that given enough time, they actually could be a pretty tough team to beat. I'm thinking more and more like they might not get that chemistry time they needed. Uh, And if you take that away, then my answer does change to no. If AD comes back in three and a half, four weeks, and they have the rest of the season together, I'll pivot back to a yes again. But I think that sort of the, what's the expression? Like this is a, uh, it's part of the code and not a bug or something like that. I I biff the expression. Uh, (laughs) But if these guys are not going to play together at all, then how are they going to get the chemistry to be the thing that I said they would be? So... I have to say no right now, so I'm giving you the answer you want, but it's only because they can't have any time together to, to figure things out.
3: No, I knew I would wear you down with a caveat, though, with a caveat it comes to. So with I, I guess what I'm saying, what, what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, even if they did get it together to, at some point here, had full strength, you know, you've watched the Suns last night, right? Well, obviously, this is a Suns-Warriors-dominated league, with apologies to the Nets, who are also um, right up there in the East. But the Suns of the Warriors have just been ridiculous. Last night, the Suns don't have uh, Jay Crowder. Most importantly, they don't have DeAndre Ayton. Didn't have their coach, Monty Williams. A furious comeback against the Memphis Grizzlies only to get uh, beat at the, uh, well, not the buzzer, but with 0.5 seconds left on a Ja Morant ridiculous drive and fade where he sort of hung in the air and almost fell to the ground and then pushed it up and in. But, I mean, I just... You just look at the Suns and the, and the Warriors, and you just wonder, you know, if if no matter what the Lakers can do, if they could ever get to that level, even in a postseason, I just don't see it.
6: Yeah, it's a long way to go. Right now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, deny that there, there's a long way to go. And again, I'm seeing some of the worst defense I've ever seen in my life played by this team, and uh, and I have not completely given up hope because too many times in my in my betting career i've bet against lebron james yes. and i've i've felt a fool at the end of it but I yeah i mean they've turned over the entire roster and the problem of course is that you do need to play together and i just i don't know that they're going to get that i thought that after last season and after long or not long but the shortened off season but for the lakers longer than usual i thought you might see slightly health this year it hasn't been the case so far and to me that's the big thing that's that stick it in it and you know i know they're kind of going through that stuff but most of the teams in the nba didn't turn over the entire roster in the offseason
3: what do you like tonight <laughs> no, no i don't like anything ever that ridiculous, that ridiculous of a question huh what do you uh, like tonight
6: every game is loaded with these crazy side angles that uh, you're trying to figure out you know the wolves won with all of their guys missing, and now the Knicks come in with all this hype around the triumphant return from the bench of Kemba Walker, and then the Lakers are terrible, but of course they're playing the Rockets, who have also completely fallen There's so many things going on. The one that I actually kind of want to focus on is what do the Warriors look like for a week without Draymond Green? I know you're, you're the big Warriors guy. Draymond is... I know Steph is the most amazing shooter of all time, but Draymond's kind of the engine on that team. He, yeah. a- he anchors the defense. He helps run the offense. I think there's a chance the Warriors are at least two clicks worse with Draymond out. And again, that doesn't mean they're going to lose the ball game, but it does mean that some of these spreads may not have moved enough to account for Draymond's absence. The only reason I wouldn't fade the Warriors is that they play the Nuggets again in two days, and there might be a better angle in that second ball game but I think there may be some value opposite the dubs for the next week.
3: I, I do not hate that thought at all. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 hate, I think less of you as a human being, Dano, but I don't hate the thought at all. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, no.
6: I appreciate that. I'll no, take it. No,
3: I think that's, I think that's a very good angle. I mean, it, he really is the glue that holds it together. Uh, he always has been. And so that, that's a, uh, you know, that's something to monitor. Now, if they come out and they crush right in game one without him or whatever, moving forward without him, then that's a different story altogether. But um,
6: yeah. I, Exactly. You know, in general, I like to actually back a team missing a key component. But I think this might be one of those ones where the line didn't move enough for a guy who deserves more line value than you get.
3: All right. Dan Bespris, everybody. At Dan Bespris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter. Assistant GM at hoop-ball.com. Fantasy NBA Today podcast host. Thank you, Dano.
6: You're welcome, Gil. Love you, buddy. Love you too,
3: man. Thank you so much. Jeff and I coming back. More football than college ball with Pete Futek. It's a numbers game.
0: Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh-grade lip-sync contest
3: for one of the songs on that album—the one that was like
2: "You've Already Won Me
0: Over." Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's of a very all slow. The, of all the options, in spite of <laughs> me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to Twenty Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.